0: Good morning. It's a blessing to be here again, to to be able to see the brethren over here that meets at sunny slope, to be able to worship our God in spirit and in truth. In Psalm 118, verse 24, the psalmist writes, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today, and not just because it's the first day of the year or that it's the first day of the week but each and every day we are blessed by God to be able to wake up to be able to be a part of his wonderful beautiful creation and How often do we really stop and think about that? Just that one little piece. In Psalm 42, psalm begins, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. Now growing up in rural Iowa, I, my, my father was a, a farmer, and so I was raised on the farm. I was raised out in the uh, rural area, in the countryside, if you will, and there were, on numerous occasions, times where we would see a lot of deer come through our property. It happens all the time and and so as this happens i don't know if any of you are deer hunters or anything like that but you know that deers are what 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 you call a circular animal and what i mean by that is they typically follow the same path so much that you can actually see the grass and everything kind of wearing away as its paths go so you typically can see not only the evidence from what's left behind but because of the trail that is there. And every time you will find that 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 pattern always leads to the water. And so when we read passages like this, as the deer pants for the water books, it's on this path. And it might run through different areas. It might run into different obstacles like the hunter with the gun. It might be forced to run for its life, but at the end of the day, it's going to wind up by the water brook. It's going to lay down. It's going it's to restore itself by getting that drink of water. I titled this morning's lesson, Renewing My Passion for God. You know, we talk about New Year's resolutions. And a lot of times, those resolutions, although are very, very good to have, but all time, all too often, it happens that those resolutions typically end, typically, either the day after, the next day after, the next day after that. It, very soon, it comes to a, a completion. A lot of times, we don't meet those goals. But as we think more spiritually minded, as we focus our admirations, our aspirations more spiritually, we find that there's no greater goal. There's no other, there's no greater joy that we can have than to be passionate about who He is, what He's done and what he continues to do daily. Every day we wake up. Every day we have the opportunity to thank God, to live for him. And all too often, just like in the Psalm, Psalm 42, he talks about that turmoil. He talks about affliction, something happens to us. There's always going to be something that occurs. Maybe that gets us off path. He says, I remember when I used to lead the multitudes to the temple to worship God. He longed to be with God. And so this morning, I want us to reflect on that. What is our passion towards God? Where is our passion towards God? Because sometimes it happens to where we get so caught up in the busyness of life that we forget him. That we forget to give him attention. And I'm not talking about, okay, just completely turning our backs on him. I'm talking about doing exactly what often happens. We get so wrapped up in something that we get out of our normal routines. Maybe we forget to pray. Or we forget to be Humble, or we forget to be passionate to someone. All too often, we also forget where we were and how far we have been brought in our faith, in our spiritual walk, in all the things that have caused us and brought us to this point. I want to ask a question: Have you ever been really thirsty? I mean, really thirsty. Maybe you're out working in the yard, or you're out doing some manual labor, and oh man, I gotta give me a drink. And you run to the well. We did to the garden hose drink and drink and drink and now I'm going to ask when was the last time you were that thirsty for God so thirsty to drop everything and anything because he is what gives us life he is why we exist It's so easy. It's so very easy to forget all the blessings, all the things that we have. It's so easy to take those things for granted. And yet, God's always there. He always cares for us. He loves us. And it's just like in our physical relationships, husband, wife, between sisters and brothers and children and the parents, all sorts and types of relationships. Relationships need to be cultivated. Relationships need to be growing. Our love and thirst for God can grow dull over time. And so the whole premise to my lesson is making sure that that doesn't happen. Now you might be thinking, you might be saying, well I'm fine, my my spiritual life, my spiritual walk is on course. And that's great. But I don't think that any one of us would ever say, I never need any help. I never need any guidance. I never need anyone to show me what God wants me to do. And so this lesson this morning is, you might say, it's pretty basic. Pretty basic to the fact of the very first thing we need to do is obviously drop everything. Stop. Give God that attention that he desires. Not only does he desire it, but... It's due him. We owe everything to him. And it's so amazing how often we ignore him, at least until we need him, that is. Everything could be going great in our lives, perfect, nothing wrong, no struggles, no problems. We got everything under control. And then, all of a sudden, the rug is pulled out from underneath us. I always think of it as, you know, and I had this exact moment before to where everything was going great in my life and everything was going straight downhill. And the only place that I could look is up. And that's what I did. Our passions, our feelings die as we remove ourselves from God. I don't think we intend to do it it just happens we simply drift off unconsciously in Matthew chapter 14 you remember the account uh, beginning at verse 22 Jesus had just fed 5,000 men not including the women and whoever else was there and so Jesus sends the disciples across the sea while he himself Goes up to the mountain to pray. And so the disciples are out on the boat, Jesus up on the mountain, and while they're in the water, about the middle of the night, I believe the text says, a great storm happened. It was violent, as often it does get on the sea. And all of a sudden, Jesus appears to them walking across the water. And you remember what the disciples said? It's a ghost, right? It's a ghost. Jesus tells Peter, get out the boat, come to me, right? And so as he's walking out on the water, going towards Jesus, he begins to look at what? the wind and the waves, all the storm that was going on around him. He took his focus off of Jesus and he begins to sink. But Jesus reaches down and pulls him up. That's a life lesson. How often do we walk through life and get affected by what's going on around us? it can take us away from God. It can take that focus off of Him. And yet, those desperate circumstances that pop up always seem to lead us to Him. And it's because we don't have anyone else to turn to. I am reminded of a quote that Abraham Lincoln once said. It says, I have been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. We get to the end of our rope. You ever been there? Nowhere else to go. No more rope to grab onto. The Bible tells us we have to draw close to God. James chapter 4, verse 8 draw near to God. And what's the rest of it? And he will draw near to you. It's reciprocal. When we draw near to God, He comes near to us. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. The Hebrew writer says, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and if you look very closely at the rest of it, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We draw close to God. By making him a priority. Not just one day a week. Not just one time a day. But on a constant. Daily. Moment by moment. Process. In Matthew chapter 22. Jesus was asked the question. By the man. "By What shall he do to inherit eternal life? And. Jesus said, well, you know the law. And he goes through it all, and then he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two greatest commands. Love him with Our whole being. That's what he wants. How do we do that? How do we do it so the fact that every morning we wake up, we keep on that path? How do we do that so that we keep that fiery spiritual life in progress? Where our passion is for God and not for the world. Well, as Mark pointed out, we have to be in the Word. We have to study the Bible. We have to meditate on His Word. Look over at 1 Peter chapter 1 with me this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning of verse 22. 1 Peter 1, beginning verse 22. Peter writes, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because, and then Peter quotes from Isaiah 40, all flesh is as grass." And all the glory of man as the flower of the grass, it, the grass withers, its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. You know, speaking from terminology as a farmer's son, and oftentimes the word is, you know, it's, it's the seed, right? That's what it's referred to as. In order for a seed to produce its fruit, what do you got to do with it? You got to plant it, don't you? You got to put it in the ground. The word of God needs to be planted in our lives. It needs to take residence in us. That's why you hear all the time from the elders and from preachers and from Bible class teachers and other spiritual, other uh, Christians. Get in your Bible. How important it is to read the word of God. Look at the end of verse 25. He says, now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil, speaking, evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. You don't put it in. You don't grow. It's critical to our walk. It's critical to our growth as Christians, as children of God, As newborn babes desire the milk that they need to be able to grow, that's the desire that we need to have for the Word of God. Prayer. How many times do we go through a day and say, how often do we get so busy that it just completely slips our mind? It happens. And yet we read in the scriptures that we're to pray without ceasing. Never stop praying, basically. And yet it's so easy to forget. Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven, Paul says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to who? To God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, we, we know with, within the scriptures and in our, in our studies that God... He wants to, us to communicate with Him. He wants us to bring our needs and desires. As a matter of fact, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus, in fact, says, I already know what you need. Don't worry about the things of the world. Don't worry about food or what you're going to dress, what your clothes, your drink, anything. And then in verse 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God. That's where our focus needs to be seeking his kingdom. But how can you have a relationship when you don't communicate? Husbands, wives, how can you have a relationship when you don't communicate? You can't. Or at least it starts going down the wrong road. You have to talk, you have to grow. Prayer is critical. But not only that, what about fellowship? Fellowship with other children of God. Look over at 1 John chapter 1 with me. 1 John chapter 1, beginning verse 5. John writes, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Verse 7 But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Now obviously John wrote this because he was dealing with some people that had some different ideas about relationship with God. They had different ideas, that you might, they're called Gnostics. And one of the thoughts that they had, and he gets to it a little bit, that there's, you know, they don't sin. But John says two things in verse 5. Very, very important. Number one, God is light. He is not a light. He is not the light. He is light. And in him, there is no darkness. Darkness is the opposite of light. It represents sin. Sin. It represents evil. It represents wickedness. Whereas light represents all that is good, pure, holy, and just. But there are some who say, I have a relationship with God. And yet, the things that they were doing, the lives that they were living, were not lining up with who God is. And so John clearly marks it. He clearly writes it out. If people say they have that fellowship with God, and yet that fellowship is only possible if we are showing those qualities, how? By the life that we're living. He says in verse 6, if we we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we are lying and do not practice the truth. The the course, our direction, the things that we do daily all matter. And then verse 7, walking in the light. As he is in the light, what are the benefits? We have fellowship with one another. If you will, picture, you know, picture uh, that, that triangle, okay? We're all in the light, you, me, and God. And as we you know, and I use this in marriage counseling, by the way. The closer we get, did you notice? Have you ever noticed? The closer we get to one another, the closer we get up to God in that relationship. So, even in a husband wife scenario, or the closer you are to God, the closer you are to one another. Fellowship, there's a reason why God says, come together. There's a reason why the church in the first century, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, and thereafter, what did they do daily? (laughs) They couldn't get enough of each other. They even went so far to get rid of all their possessions and gave it to the poor. They didn't have, what, what does it say? They had all things in common. Fellowship. Good relationships take work. Great relationships take work every day. It don't just happen. Relationships are made. And so when we go throughout life and we misstep, we forget God. We got to give him our attention. We have to make it our intention. Always to go to Him. Secondly, and very close, let's talk about the blessings. And what it means to remember everything that He's done. Whether it's past... Whether it's the present, whether it's the future. In Psalm 103, David writes, beginning in verse 1 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord. David calls on his soul. In all of his being, all of his powers to magnify God for his mercies. For all the things that he has done. It's so easy to forget our sins. It's so easy to forget that God saved us from our sins. That He delivered us out of the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. It's easy to forget all the pain, all the suffering, all the turmoil, all the torture that Jesus suffered for us. What about prayers? Do we forget them? All the times where God gave us Or responded to us in a way. By answering our prayers. What about the scriptures of hope and comfort. All the strength that God has given us for years. It's so easy to forget all those things. When we're looking forward. Now I know Paul says. You know I forget what's behind me. And I look forward. Right. But we cannot. Must not. And should not forget. All that he's done for us in the past. Because it is. Determines it propels, it leads, it guides, it shows us the way that we go. What about in our present? Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Paul said to the church at Philippi there, he says, finally, brethren, whatever, whatever's true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's a lot, right? Look at the principles of it the truth, nobility, justice, purification, love. We are responsible for our own thoughts. We are responsible for what we think, what we say, and what we do. And so in our lives, when we focus on the negatives, what's the result? Negatives result. When we focus on the things of the world and we lose sight of who God is, we forget who He is. However, when we concentrate on the positive... We grow more thankful. Look over at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 beginning verse 20. Paul says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things when you study the book of romans we learn that here obviously he's talking about the gentile world there's never going to be someone who will say i never knew god i never knew there was a God." look what he says god has made himself clearly seen he has made it evident He has made it known that he's God through all of creation. No one could say, or should say, there's no God. The logical responses are also shown here. You know God. You honor Him as God, and you thank Him. We cannot afford to be like those Gentiles who lose sight of the reality that's in front of them, lose sight of who God is, what He's done, and what He continues to do. When we look to the future... Peter reminds us of those future blessings, 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. to an inheritance incorruptible undefiled that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time this is exactly why we do the things we do this is exactly why and who you know who we are because not only has he saved us not only does he give us life and sustains our life but he protects our life not necessarily our physical life but we're talking about spiritual life he said there our inheritance is imperishable. It's not going anywhere. It's undefiled. It's not fading. It is reserved. The word reserved there literally means guarded. It's not going. God promised it and we can put all our faith, all our hope, all our dreams, all our aspirations, everything, and take it to the bank. God will fulfill that which he has promised. It's so easy to lose that passion. We just need to remember the past, the present, and the future blessings. Never take our attention away from God. And then lastly, very quickly, get rid of all the distractions. Eliminate them. When we get all these distractions surrounding around us, it's so easy to put our energy and focus on those things rather than where we need to put it. It's hard to be a good spouse if you allow everything else to rob your time from the marriage. It's hard to be a good parent if your children are very low on the priorities. It's difficult to be a good Christian if God is blocked by all of our whims, all our curiosities, all our desires. Remember what Paul wrote in Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4? He says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind, set your affections. some translations say, on things above, not on the things on this earth. For you died and your life is hidden with God, with Christ in God. And when Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Is there anything in your life that keeps you from being with God? Is there anything in your life that robs your energy and time? So that you are so overly tired that you don't have time for God? What about sins? There are lots that we can say about our sins. Isaiah says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that he cannot save, neither is ear dull that he cannot hear. But our sins have made a separation between us and God. Our iniquities have separated us. When we allow our sins to take root in our life and to continue to grow, it hinders our relationship. The Hebrew writer says that we have to lay aside every weight. We have to lay aside the sins that ensnare us and run with endurance. God loves us. He loves you. He loves me. He loves the world. And he wants to give us that abundant life. What did Jesus say? I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That was his purpose. And so our passion or lack of passion it can drain So that we miss our joy that he wants us to have. That good life, that abundant life starts now. Not in eternity. Eternity starts now. So if you're here this morning. And you are not a Christian. Maybe you'd like to study on how to be a Christian. Maybe you're just looking for that direction. You've never really sat down, read the Bible, understood it. Maybe you didn't even know that God actually has a purpose for you in your life. Just know that the Bible has the answers. Not any particular individual, not even any, any other person, but the Bible, God's Word. Maybe you just need prayers in your life to help you you know, just like David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and a steadfast spirit within me. Make those prayers. Study the word. That's how we live on fire for the Lord. The closer we are to him and his word, the closer we are to one another and our relationship with God. So if you have a need this morning, whatever that need is, let it be known while we stand and sing the song of Imitation.